Uduwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha city they dwell. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin, a place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places, the dead congregate in the ghost field, but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts, Chitichpur, where the rich plot to buy the horizon, Bundavest, where the refugees of two different nations flock, and Pasarhantu, the vertical maze of market and murder. And here is Udepat, where the ceaseless temple resides. Its inhabitants, a family, a snake, and a god. The temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten. Watch as it turns the wheels of revolution. Welcome to Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast about people who take risks so they can survive against the odds. Hi, this is Saumitri. You might notice that in this episode, the audio quality, specifically my audio quality, is noticeably worse. This is because I recorded this episode while on the beach, also on the day of the World Cup final happening in the background. So sometimes you might hear the ocean and sometimes you might hear people yelling as France and Argentina succeed and or fail to play football correctly. Hi everyone, it's Soap with a recap of the last episode. So last time we saw Freya, the self-proclaimed Queen of Scotland, arrive at the Ceaseless Temple to collect Maud and Johannes, the Scotlander royals who'd sought refuge there. In tow were the revolutionary Marion and Hardil, a suspiciously well-put-together lawyer. Upon meeting Maud and Johannes, Freya had an immediate, soothing, almost hypnotic connection with them. To his surprise, Miras felt it too, and he did not like it. With Joan's help, he tried to attune to Freya to figure out what was going on with her. However, the attempt failed and came back to hit him in a wave of shame and guilt. As Miraz was about to take massive psych damage, Vickers interrupted proceedings with breakfast. She'd cooked up mashed potatoes with mashed potatoes and binding oil. The dish was ludicrous enough to snap Miraz out of his spiraling, and he was left with just a hint of the power residing within Freya. As they sat for breakfast, Freya introduced Hardil to the crew as the best lawyer in all of Udrasha, perhaps even in all of Aruvia, which deepened Miraz's suspicions, for how could a band of refugees afford him? At the dinner table, Miraz engaged Hardil, but Hardil was able to evade most of Miraz's questions, only revealing that he helped Freya in her work with the refugees, and that he'd been interested in the temple for some time. As the conversation progressed, Miraz recounted the difficulties the temple had gone through, and suggested that Hardil offer his pro bono services to them as well. Meanwhile, Vickers had marshaled the entire neighborhood to prepare a feast to replace her inedible potatoes, and spent a colossal amount of money in the process. Her curious behavior, and a few other slips, clued Hardil into her true identity. Unbeknownst to the crew, Hardil was a mob lawyer, under the employ of Munna, a criminal mastermind. Munna was at loggerheads with the Hive, the criminal organization that Vickers' sister, Elizabeth, was connected to. And so, having learned who Vickers really was, Hardil agreed to lend his services to the crew, for an unspecified favor in the future. 
At the other end of the dinner table, when Joan reminisced about her previous life in Scotland, Freya declared her intention to overthrow the Empire and make their homeland independent once more. She asked Joan, Johannes, and Maud to join her cause, but none were convinced. Joan's misgivings irked Marion, who accused her of betrayal. Joan, unmoved, challenged them to give her a real reason for how the revolution could succeed. It was then that Freya revealed that she was connected to a god, a power that even the immortal emperor feared. Then Vickers, fed up with her guest's behavior, stepped into Joan's defense, demanding that they show some gratitude for the help the temple had extended. Freya conceded. With an apology and a promise to repay the favor, she left. Maud went with her, however Johannes, unwilling to give up his newfound love of hang gliding, stayed behind. And here we pick up the story, with the crew wondering what Freya really is and what power lurks within her. Yeah, and I think, like, unless there is something else... I know both of you said there was something else that you wanted to do about Johannes. Um, so I think now is a good time for that. Yeah, Mira, start out. I'm going to not to do something about Johannes. I'm going to do something about Freya. So Vickers uh -huh. can probably start. Aha, uh -huh, okay. So what uh, what she will do after having packed up all the food and like we're cleaning up, she will turn to Johannes and say, well, if you're going to stay around here, as I said, our doors will always be open. And hospitality is, of course, of the highest priority. But you may as well make yourself useful. Go see Padma Mukhi and Padma Priya don't have something to do for you. And I'm going to make him part Excellent. of our cohort. And that's amazing. Yeah, I think that seems like a long term project. Uh -huh. What do you want here? In, like, I think there's a couple of things. A, uh, you can add another type to your cohort because they can, like, hang glide places. They probably can become a devotee yeah. of the temple. Absolutely, yes, because hang gliding occultist ah. sounds amazing ah. to have. Excellent, okay. To be honest. I was going to say, the they could just also become, like, a devotee of the temple and be an expert in their own way. But I'm going to be real, hang gliding occultist just seems infinitely superior. Okay, how long is this project? I want to argue for it being short, but... Yeah, I was going to say six clocks here, because normally adding another an upgrade is like, is, is, is like 12 steps, but mm -hmm. like, Johannes is already part of you. I, I, think, I don't think it should be more than like a couple of dice rolls. Yep. I will, just, I will just say that the rep that I just earned us, I'm immediately spending it on advancing this project, because it seems yes. to make sense. Oh, and you rolled command. Are you command? Oh, you commanded him to go and take instructions. I ordered him to go make himself useful. So now we have two ticks towards the hang gliding occultist Johannes project. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I should remind you and myself that Johannes is they them. It's just that, like, I was at graduation yep. last week and I have a very good friend called Johannes. And so whenever now I say Johannes, I remember my ah. friend Johannes. Was he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just want to flag. Yes. Hang gliding occultist. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Prince and I were talking about this in the break, but um, I think we could have an out of character conversation about what we want to be like pushing towards. Like, yes. of course, we will still have the rest of downtime, and we probably won't start any sort of score today mm -hmm. without Adiyat. But yeah, I think we we would really benefit from having some sort of like central thing, you know. There's a few like directions that I could suggest, but these are largely from Mira's perspective, so I'd like to hear your ideas. But it would be nice to be able to focus on a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you tell me. Yeah. So let's see. I think um, our connection now with um, shit. What's his name? The mob lawyer. We just saw him. Hardil. Uh, Hardil. Yeah. It's something that it's a good way of, of you to generate problems for us and book us at, but it's also not something that necessarily leads us to proactively push towards, you know? Yeah, so sure. I think in terms of things that we could proactively work towards, I personally, like Mira's obviously thought there was clearly something going on with Freya. Um, we could get involved in that. I was going to go talk to yeah. His Majesty and ask ask him about this. But like, do we want to kind of like get into some sort of cult versus cult situation that could also wrap in the Scotland Revolution? Is that a direction we'd be interested in? I think it would be cool. Yeah. All right. Then I think if we're interested in that, then I think what Miraz is probably going to do, um, and now moving back into character, but he's going to get the two of you guys together. And I think he's going to voice his concerns about, so that Freya person, that was rather odd, wasn't it? There's clearly something off about her, like so self-assured, so but and also like growing up in such awful circumstances and so young, but she doesn't carry herself like that. And then she mentioned, I felt something, you know, there was some sort of almost hypnotic, charismatic power. And cousin, I saw the thing you were doing with your eyes. I didn't know you could do that, but it felt like that sort of thing. And I didn't like it. Didn't like it one bit. And I don't like it in connection with what she was saying about um, transforming the world and taking back Scotland and so on. It seems like, well, I suppose we could wash our hands clean of the whole thing because, but not really even because maybe Maud's in danger. Now we have Bartholomew under our roof. And I think there's, there's something here. I think there's something here, something divine, something treacherous and occult. Oh dear, you you don't suppose she's ghost-possessed? I thought that wasn't supposed to happen in Uduasha. She mentioned the gods being on their side. My question is, which ones and why? Yes, well, quite a lot of gods back in Doskval, at least, are nothing but, well, ghosts with an inflated sense of self. There, And then he, I think Miraz is kind of like opening his mouth and closing it because it's like, you're literally in a temple of a forgotten god. Well, a remembered god. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he kind of opens and closes his mouth and is like, okay, yeah. and whatever. We Let's have a god, but that doesn't mean that most <laughs> people do. And I think it just, you know, what? Vickers probably would suspect ghosts before mm-hmm. gods, because that's how mm-hmm. Doskull works. Mm-hmm. Would Joan have a professional opinion on this? Yes. Would I mean, you've been speaking to Freya. What would you have thought? Yeah, um, I, I, I wonder whether, like, when Vickers mentions, oh, there is a, maybe it's a ghost, whether Joan could be like, oh, wait, no, but the eyes would be dilated in this and that way or whatever. Um, Should we have some sort of, like, group action yeah. study or something? Yeah, gather information, maybe? Mm-hmm. Pool together our notes. Obviously, um, you can tell me a lot more about whatever is going on with the Scholar refugees and so on because I, the cult, as we know, out of character and as players, is in that part of town, which yes. is literally something Miraz doesn't give a shit about. So, but it may, maybe you can pull together some knowledge on that and what you know, and I could help. Yeah, sounds good. 
Is it a group action or is it me assisting you? Do you think? Hmm. I feel like a group action is probably appropriate. Okay. So how are you studying? Are you looking up like records in the temple or are you trying to find them by investigating like where they could have gone? Like what is the approach you're taking? I think um I think I want to hear it from the scoff and the ref uh, from the from the refugees. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think it's talking. It's talking to people. Mm. Yeah, and putting together the information. I think. Do you think that could still be study, uh, tree, or is that concert? I think it could still be study. I think it it would would get a very different kind of information. Could it be survey? Like it's more of going out to the field, like kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any notes in survey, so I could. If you're surveying, then I can assist, but I want to do a group action. Yeah, it's gather information about opportunities. I think survey could work. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm assisting you. Okay, I'll take the assist. I think what we're doing is we're going. Then we're actually going there. We're actually going to the refugees uh, where where the refugees are, and. I think we're going to look for some places where they would basically where people are just hanging out, you know, maybe maybe there are pubs or something and just kind of gather gossip that we can use to uh, base our theories on, get more of an idea of what she might have been talking about. Yeah, I'm going to look up the uh, Bundervest details that we have to see if there's some sort of pub or something. No, which means we can just invent a card location. Okay. No. I was just looking to see if we already had one. Yeah, fair enough. What sort of role? Is this a fortune role? Or is it um, a, uh, a role with consequences and standards? I don't think there is any risk here because Freya has told Marion, and like she's told you in front of Marion, that there is no like, animosity between the two of you. She's accepted that, uh, you know, she's in debt to you. I don't think the refugees are a risk to you. And I also don't think there's anyone else necessarily interested in, like, following you around while you do this. Apart from the head of house in Ixis, who has, like, some golems who are looking for you. I don't think they're going to come into invest. So I don't think that there is a risk here. All right. So it's a fortune roll. Yeah. Just to see how much we figure it. Yeah. Just as I say this, I realize that like a uh, golem could notice you as you walk through some of the posh parts. If you want a devil's bargain, uh, sure. I'll just make a mental note that like been spotted again by one of those creepy crow golems. Golems didn't even get to eat it this time. Yeah, I forgot about that. What the? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> was that. I think you didn't get to eat it. Maybe, maybe the reason that, like, maybe the reason that you don't get to eat it is that, like, as soon as the crow spot, spots you, it flies away. Because they've now been programmed to know that something. I don't know that they've been programmed to be like, I'm going to be eating. But they definitely know that something goes wrong. Oh, yeah. Also, why does Miraz have to resist to digest binding oil, but Joan can digest uh, a waxwork crow? She has a special ability for. Oh, no, she doesn't. Isn't she? She's not monstrous. Nope. Yeah, but that doesn't make you 
That's oh. cool. Cool is the thing that lets you eat whatever you want. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'll tell you why it is. If you want to say you want to develop, by the way, a taste for binding oil, you don't have to resist that. That can just happen to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, so if you want, if you want to be addicted to binding oil, then that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. You do, then you shouldn't roll to resist. I just I'll think about it. Yeah. I'll think about it. I've heard of huffing glue, not drinking. Glue. I'm drinking it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, you should roll, uh, John. All right. One die native, two bonus dice from assist and devil's bargain. And it's a six, one, and a one. Six is the one that matters. What do you want to know? Like, ask me some questions and I'll give you some answers. People probably know about Freya in these parts. Her, her connection to divine powers. Is that something that's known? And is there a specific identity of like... Is there a specific forgotten god or incident that she is tied to? You suddenly hear rumors and you connect it to something that the, the lawyer Hadil said, which is he said right at the end, we need to leave if, if we want to get back to the grotto on time. I think one of the rumors that you hear um, reminds you of that, is that there is a place in Bundavest it's the Kingfisher Grotto, which is said to be home of a forgotten god. And it's called the Kingfisher? And the god is called the Kingfisher. Mm-hmm. And people say that it is now her court. It is where she audiences, fixes problems, stresses, all of this stuff. Yeah, so she holds court in this grotto, and they know it is somewhere in Bundavest. I don't know exactly where it is. Uh, some people, like... There are all sorts of rumors about like how to get there and so on. I don't mm-hmm. think that like I think you have enough to go on to try and investigate where it is. You have some like ideas where it could be, but you don't know exactly where it is just from this role. Mm-hmm. And the kingfisher is definitely spoken of as the god that resides in that grotto. Uh, people aren't sure whether she's like an avatar of the kingfisher in the way that your serpent is an avatar of your god, or whether she's just been touched by it or like, what is going on there? Um, but this is the kind of thing that happens, right? Like, rumors just, like, transform, and it's not clear what is going on. I want to add another little thing here mm-hmm. from the world building. People have, in the past, gone to Kingfisher Grotto and emerged and claimed to be the rightful king of Eruvia. And as a result of this, uh, they were immediately put down and destroyed by the secret police. Because while there isn't actual cops, there are secret cops. Se- there are intelligentsia and secret cops yes one assumes that the only reason that this hasn't happened to freya is that she is not claiming to be the queen of eruvia yes claiming to the queen of the entire world but mostly scotland she intends or something yeah i mean you get the feeling that what she's saying is we'll start with scotland and we'll work our way down and i suppose the secret police are like uh, good luck with that, buddy. Yeah, exactly. And like, if you want to start a revolution, like somewhere that's like two continents away, that's totally fine. You know. Yeah. Like, go for it. So long as you don't get the mob uh, circling around you and you try to overthrow the uh, the noble houses here. Yeah, exactly. What do I care? Yeah. But also, probably, if they can be convinced that that's the thing, uh, maybe Freya will cease to be a problem. Maybe we'll see. I mean, yeah, so exactly. Like, w- there are many possibilities here. 
And the, like, it's almost certainly the case, by the way, that like, when you ask these questions, secret police are observing to ask these questions, but they're not observing you specifically. They're just like, kind of generally paying attention and they're taking note, you know, and like, whether or not anything comes of that depends on so many various factors. So we won't have to worry about that right now. So yeah, so that's, that's, where, that's where she is, and that's the god. Um, what else do you want to know? Mm. Is there anything in these rumors that gives us the impression that there might be ghosts involved? Just to check Vickers's uh, query. Oh, interesting. You know, I think the interesting answer here is yes. So, Excellent. I think you hear some people say that in this grotto, they say that she summons the spirits of the dead and she holds court not just with living people but also with dead people. Now, your first instinct is to kind of dismiss that because not only is it the case that like in Uduwasha, ghosts fall into uh, the well of Udu, but also because of this, like summoning a ghost is not something that really happens in Uduwasha, right? Like when you try and mess with the ghost feel in that way, very different things happen, happen instead. I think... Like, what is the detail that you hear, Joan, that makes you think that, like, this is more than just, like, idle rumor? Like, what kind of small bit of texture clues you into, like, the fact that maybe she is actually talking to ghosts? Interesting. I think it's possible. Is it possible that we meet someone who says that they have seen it? Yeah. Yeah, I think you meet someone who... Describes being like led into the grotto because, like, you know, he wanted an audience with Freya and he managed to get one. Like, he was blindfolded and taken in, so he doesn't know exactly where it is. And then he describes Freya conducting some kind of ritual. I don't think it was just as simple as, like, you know, you, you were tuned to the ghost field to do something. It was a very long and careful process, uh, you know, chanting, incense sticks, all this stuff. And I think he says that Freya summoned. I mean, he's going to say this, and whether or not you believe it is a different matter, but he says, Freya summoned the first king of Scovlin, and we should give him a name. What is a good name? Who's the first king of the Netherlands? Let's just, let's just be... I have, a, I have a different suggestion. Uh huh. My shaman cohort is named Peer, oh. and he is named Peer because of its mystic significance, and maybe this is also the name of the king, by like Excellent. coincidence or not. Yes, absolutely. I love this. Um, yes. Yeah, so like he says, you know, I saw the spirit of uh, Peer the Wise, as he is known, appear. Uh -huh. They conversed, and Freya asked him questions that, that like only Peer the Wise could have answered, and he answered them. And I have no doubt that, you know, this ghost war was the ghost somehow brought to this place. And then he left in peace. Uh, which is not what ghosts do. They often instead just become like, you know, uh, terrible ravening monsters that eat people and so on. And I think he he's now a true believer. And while this story may be unique, the zeal in his voice is all too common. It's the zeal that you hear from a lot of the people you speak to. Today. He very rudely reaches out and grabs the hair or like holds a lock of hair, kind of like lifts it from the side of his face. Ow! And, well, she doesn't put it. She just, like, kind of lifts, ah, okay. lifts his hair closer, you know? Uh -huh. And sees the, the one or two strands of gray hair 
in the otherwise realm. Mm -hmm. I believe you. Yeah, well, you should. That happened to me. And I think that actually he also describes a very familiar feeling to you, which is the feeling of like just being in total and utter shock. Right? Like the feeling of like seeing a ghost and being frozen in place. Um, mm -hmm. In this case, that may also just be a result of the spectacle. Right? It may also just be the, like being transfixed by a particularly compelling performance. There is something about the way that he says it, and he describes the chill in his bones uh, that, that doesn't quite make it seem like it's fake. Yeah, as you can see, the physical fits. Because like, seeing lots of ghosts is why her hair is quick. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so... I have a way I want to gather information too, if we're if we are done with this thing. Yeah. I have an interesting angle how we could approach this, and maybe it is, yeah, how we could approach this score. Mm -hmm. And I think that hearing about this grotto, and that these people live in a cave, mm -hmm. that's basically as much as we know, right? Yes. This is not Vickers' domain, but she does move around the rooftops of the city a lot, and she is getting to know its, its layout uh -huh. pretty well. Uh -huh. And so... I think what she is going to do is in the approximate area where this grotto is located, and no one knows, of course, remotely exactly where, mm -hmm. she is going to go around and look for haunted caves and tunnels. Wow. Or like caves and tunnels that have something weird and freaky about them. Not that she's going to go plunge into them herself, because that would be, you know, dangerous, and you, she wouldn't do that alone. She's not that foolhardy. Uh -huh. But you can definitely scout around and survey for, you know, Oh, no one goes in that tunnel. It's haunted. Or no one goes in that one. Weird stuff happens there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And just kind of try to use this to triangulate, like, which one of these might connect to this haunted grotto. Yeah. Are you going to take Pierre with you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think he's exactly the kind of person who you should take with you. Yeah, in fact, let me do this gather information with the rooftop angels. Yes. I'm probably just leading them. Yeah. But they go around. I mean, they know the city. They've lived here their whole life. So Absolutely. maybe it's Pierre who gives me some insight. And maybe, you know, Socks can give me some insight too. Yeah. Or like, yeah, never hide in that cave. Everyone knows it's haunted. Yeah, everyone, like, I, I knew a kid who got eaten, you know, just last week. Yeah. And maybe, maybe exactly. that, that did happen, you know, like. So the angels get a four yes. on their gathering information. Yeah, and I think what is I think weird uh, about Uduasha is that because it is so vertical, you have several layers of rooftops and several layers of caverns and so on, right? And Bundavest is, if I remember correctly, yeah. it is kind of at ground level because it is where the old port used to be. It's not very subterranean, but it is nevertheless fairly vertical. So I think that like. Still, where the port is, it's just been superseded in importance by the railway. Which was, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it's about to be superseded in importance also by the airship, if you believe some people. Yep. I think that what you find is an entrance to what you think must have been the grotto before it was sealed up, and you figure out that, like, okay, really, what's happening is that Freya has been very carefully making sure nobody can get to her, and then you see that, like, I think you catch. One of the people that like Joan was like interrogating earlier hire a boat to get onto the river, and you figure out that like probably the way that people get into the grotto now is that they sail there. They don't use any of the underground passages anymore, um, and it's just become much easier to monitor that one under like that, that one marine pathway. Absolutely. 
but I don't think that we should enter that way because we like we don't want to be rude to these people necessarily and just barge in and mess their shit up. I think my proposal for an entry point for this score is that we go in via back door and that Vickers has maybe some candidate for an old back door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that sounds like a cool thing to do, explore the dark caves and tunnels yes, and absolutely. try to find our way in and figure out what is going on without barging in through their front door. Yeah, I- because yeah. that would be rude, see? And Vickers hates being yeah. rude. Sneaking in through the back door, on the other hand, definitely not rude. Uh, definitely not impolite. Uh-huh, yeah. Well... Completely normal things. Yeah. Completely... Well, I mean, you know, we're just exploring some tunnels. If they if they <laughs> own these tunnels, they should have said oh so. I, I, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. put a sign. Yeah. Um, what would we be doing? Roofball practice. Yeah. On the note of what we would be doing, um, I want to do do my own little i suppose gather information mm-hmm. i'm going to go talk to the snake excellent incredible fantastic yeah big time um mm-hmm. are you in the so sanctum sanctorum again we see yeah yeah i go into the sanctum yep. and i wait for his majesty to notice that i'm there yeah this time so the last time you did this make appeared quite quickly this time you find yourself waiting Three, four, five hours. I think to speed it up because it takes uh-huh. so long. Miraz is going to kind of like take out a chessboard and is going to plonk down a move. Uh, he's going to move the. He's going to move one of the. He's going to move like a horseman forward. Right. And he's going to set it down with a loud, resounding nice. click. Okay. Well, I mean, how can how how can the snake resist a challenge such as this? Now it will only take two hours, right? Uh, definitely, like, the mm-hmm. snake will appear and immediately push a pawn forward and say, Ah, have you taken up your father's mantle in this, this as well? The mirrors kind of uh, smiles and says, I play. But I thought we could speak as we play. As he makes his next move, um, kind of puts the pawn forward as well. And he says, you must have sensed a few days ago that we were visited by a person who claims to be the Queen of Scovlan. Yes. One of the Kingfisher. I felt her. He is not a friend, but he's neither is he an enemy. And in that way, I committed his vessel some leeway i understand he that she had been invited here we had invited the person called freya to your home to deal with from my understanding now it makes a lot more sense but we had the problem of having two scovlander royals and not knowing what to do with them and then we heard that there was some other scovlander royalty in the city which of course could not have been true but we wanted to see for ourselves and maybe get them in touch and so on and then this person showed up, all strange and magnetic and massively underfed. I don't think I've... It's religious mania. It's, it's, it's like nothing I've seen. I mean, people come to our temple, of course, to supplicate, but it's not like this. It's not like someone who seems to be entirely animated by the god's purpose, like some sort of some sort of underfed sock puppet. It's quite frightening. Uh, but that's not 
really the issue here, I suppose. There are strange and terrifying things all over Uduasha, especially as we get lower into the pit. No, what I don't like is that I felt compelled by her. What I don't like is that now we have given someone into her custody and we have someone who is still here who gives her a reason to come back, Miss Freya. And I especially don't like the things I was hearing about some sort of revolution to take back Scotland and so on. It feels to me that this is just the start of something that, of course, will not end in revolution in Scotland and the overthrow of the empire and so on, but something that will, a ball, a snowball, that will keep on rolling and get bigger and bigger, taking up more and more things in its orbit, in its, in its vast, blubbery, cold embrace before smashing apart. And I don't want it to do that. Oh. Am I right? Or am I wrong? I think the snake um, will play a move that, like, maybe you didn't see coming, and, like, it puts you in a very tricky position. And as you realize that, like, oh, shit, I'm in a bad spot, it will say, Kingfisher prefers its pawns alliable so that it can provoke them to rule the world. I dislike such methods, but to each their own. Far more important to me is this suggestion that we have given up someone in our care to it. Your own wife said, did she not, that hospitality is one of the key tenets of our faith, and it is. It is why your Scovlander royals came to visit us in the first place, even though it was under false pretenses. If you do not wish to support the revolution that the Kingfisher's pawn wants of, of you, then I will support you, but you must claim back that guest. To do, to do any less would be to break faith with one to whom we have offered safety and support. Miras kind of gives a big sigh and says, and we just got rid of them. It seems that we never can. But you're right. It's not just giving someone over to their family or pushing your prop or pushing a or throwing a hot potato into someone else's hand. It's putting something into someone's hand and then suddenly in their hand it turns out to be a big sword or something like that. If they are uh, Bartholomew and uh, Maud, they are true royals. And uh, this pretender, this god sock puppeted pretender could do hor horrible things put them in their hands yes but i want more than just your assistance and your blessings i'm glad that you have confirmed my suspicions that is partly why i came here but what i want more is your help in making sure that servants the accolades the puppets, whatever, whatever sorts of other occult entities that wish to come in here, they cannot, not without our leave, 
I wish your help in warding the temple. Yeah, I think this is where this is where you should roll. It seems like a long-term project, more than like an acquire information. Yes. Yeah, it is in fact a long-term project. Probably like a, a, a six clock, right? Because it's like one upgrade. Oof. Um, mm -hmm. roll the study yeah. and you and rolled I think very like, badly. The reason I roll study is that Miras tries to beat him. Yes, just... and the reason that you roll badly is that this is practically impossible. Um, a two, a one, and a one. Mm -hmm. So I think what you do yes. is you play a move that's like, yes, and then this move will occur, and then, you know, I will take his queen. And then you play the move, and then it turns out that, like, you missed something at once the snake replies is very obvious, and you and like your your position is completely lost. Um, and I think the snake mm -hmm. says it is this overconfidence that is your undoing, Miras. Come back to me when you have a plan, and we shall discuss it. And Miras, I am proud of your revolution as well. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Miras says exactly. That, that is exactly okay. what. That, that is the intended emotion, so it's great. Very good. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. So that was my last free dungeon action. Um, this clock. So what I want out of it, I suppose mechanically, it can already be represented by... It's the second level of secure, I guess? Um, um, we don't even you have don't have the first level. level. So like, it can still be the first level, but we will think of the first level as being the arcane level, right? Like, it doesn't have to be... Yeah, yeah. It's the other way around. And then we can actually install locks yes, and arcane wards secure. Uh, so how big would that be? Six o'clock? Okay. And you have one tick. Alright. Uh-huh. And I think if the spotlight... I think next thing I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to spend like a coin or something to... Here's the thing. I have one stress left until... Ah, you should, you should, yeah. You should de-stress. Yeah. Is it okay if I spend rep? Go ahead and spend a rep. Also. Yes. Oh, yeah, there should be one rep left. Oh, but there's a bunch of them. Yeah, I just spent. I just spent that. Okay. A sec. Oh, so I'm. I so we don't have one rep left because I just yeah. took that away. Okay. Uh, to spend on my action, and what I'm going to do is, I guess, I'm going to talk to oh. Fozia, and talk to her about. You know, we're trying to put some words together. There seems to be some problems, uh, some encroachment and so on. Maybe we can talk about like maybe adding some sort of security systems, like more uh, mundane ones to the tempo, because I suppose, you know, the arcane stuff, it's kind of out of your wheelhouse. And by the way, I met a brother the other day, uh, Mr. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Hardil, uh, Hardy, yeah, something like that. And he uh, seems to be a top lawyer. He was uh, talking about you. Uh, so that kind of thing, and yeah, shooting the And ship. I think, of course, the reason this costs a rep is that you don't know Hardil Subramanian, the, one of the greatest lawyers in Uduwasha. Come now, Miraz. I keep telling you that you have mm -hmm. to pay more attention. Um, and she mm -hmm. probably like, fills you in. Also, I'm talking about her problems to her. I mean, we do, yeah. I do that anyway, but yeah. Um, and I think this, is, this may be the first inkling you get, because I don't think Fosia is unaware of his connections, but she knows enough that like she can't she, she shouldn't just be like, yeah, and he works for I think she will be like he's he's he means serious business, you know. Uh, I, getting him in the foundation was a real coup. Um but yeah, 
definitely signals that you should be. Yes. Yeah, so what? What? What are his interests? I mean, you can't be a brother without. You know, you can't just be a brother because you're good at your job. If your job has nothing to do with what, you know, uh, building and maintaining great works and infrastructure and so on. I mean, we don't have, you know, the best doctor in the city uh, in the brotherhood, nor do we intend to. Why do we have such a good lawyer? What's he, what's he into? What's his other sidekick? Well, I suppose... I don't necessarily know if I'm, like, uh, gathering information here, but it seems like a natural Yeah, it is. And I think, like, she's, she's going to tell you. I don't think that there's... I think she will tell you. And I think she will say, uh, well, you see, he is something of a... He's convinced that there must be a way to rearrange the the undercity, make it more efficient space-wise. And, you know, I have been speaking to him for some time about how to connect it more efficiently uh, to Bundavest so that the port can lead directly into the undercity. And, uh... Oh. Let me just say that he seems to have some very powerful backers who are interested in it. Perhaps one day we will, we truly will see a city beneath Uduwasha flourish. That's really interesting because just the other day, um, the Chandlers came up to me and started telling me about how our snake ate one of their golems, whose entire job apparently was to kind of like clear out the undercity. And, you know, I think they, they're going about it entirely the wrong way. They were golems. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can speak plainly to you, of course. So you see, I do with me on this. It's a complete. It's a. It's a. It's a bust. It's a non-starter. But I think if 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 uh, Brother Hardy is like so interested in this uh, in this Undercity project and the Chandlers, they want to also. We could maybe get something going. Yes, this is interesting, isn't it? Hmm. Yes. You should bring this up with him. Imagine being able to involve the Chandlers in this project, like properly, you know, like actually bring them into the ninth century for a change. Yes. Maybe they'll, maybe they can, we can reform them. Maybe they, we can start making hulls or, or, or whatever, you know. They, there's so much artisanal craftsmanship and so on. It's, it's, it pains me to see it wasted on their, their frivolous ghosts. Yes, I think. You speak sense, guys. How about? I will arrange our next meeting. In fact, I've, I've been telling him for some time that he should come back, but I will arrange our next meeting in a place that I will make sure that they can, can access, and uh, we will discuss this. I will put it on our agenda. Um, as if the Foundation has an agenda, by the way, they don't. The agenda is whatever Fauzia is thinking of at that moment. But I think she kind of makes a note to like, follow through on this. Uh, whether she will or not depends on what mood she is on that day. I think she says that uh, he is oddly obsessed with the particulars of um, oh space and like the way that things are packed and uh, I don't know. Even for me, it's a bit much. And this is because Adil is like very interested in smuggling and wants to be very efficient while smuggling things. But uh, I don't think Fozia necessarily knows or cares about that all right so i think where we are is we do still have two downtime actions for our boss that we need to do if i remember correctly joan also joan and joan it, right? yes okay so let's do jones then 
So shall we think about just doing drones and uh, kind of adjourning for next session? Yeah. So Joan has been thinking about that Chandra woman that keeps coming into the temple yes. and hanging out with me. Yes. And she would like to ambush her at some point. Not in a violent way, just like in a, hey, I'm leaning against the pillar while, while you're leaving. Right. Great. Yeah, that's uh, not difficult to do at all. Uh, because as you say, she is uh, coming and going all the time. I think like is like uh, now actually there being some like conversation about like the airship and like uh, the work that like um, they can do together. Shama is less grumpy and less antagonistic. Uh, so when you meet her, she is like, oh, well, she's she's kind of in a good mood. Um, and she's, I think, like looking forward to like going home and like taking a break or whatever it is. So like she's, you see her kind of humming to herself as she's leaving. You're the Chandler, aren't you? So yeah, she's just like leaning against the pillar in the main kind of entry entry hall atrium place as uh, as she's leaving, and um, Joan will call out to her. You're the Chandler, aren't you? Oh. Oh, yeah. No, yes, I am. I'm not the Chandler. I'm, I'm, I'm a Chandler, uh, one of the, uh, the ancient order. Uh, nice to meet you. My name is Shama. Yeah. I'm really very fascinated by your work, by, by waxwork golems. They're quite savory and sophisticated. <laughs> I mean... Uh. By the way, you notice that like, she has a waxwork prosthetic hand. Um, it looks very lifelike, uh, but I think you get close to it at this kind of distance. And I'm sure Miraz has noticed this before, of course, but you find yourself wondering what it might taste like. Um, and she says, uh, they are marvelous inventions, always new things to be found with them. I'm, as you can see, and then like she kind of waggles her fingers, says, uh, I'm grateful to my master for making this for me. Um, Shriya, incredible, incredible feat. Then I think she will lean... That is exquisite. And she will lean in and say, uh, between you and me, um, the, the man inside Miraz, he's made an arm, and it's really uh, interesting, but no comparison to this. She smiles a little. Are there ghosts in there too? I going to say, I don't think she's noticed that like you are also part of the... Well, I think she thinks you're just like a, you're hanging out because you know you're just leaning against a pillar. Um, mm -hmm. So she says, "No, this is well, it's a rather a clever design, actually. It it feeds off of my own life force as I walk. So it is powered by my ghost. Ha! -ha. Fascinating." But usually there are lots of ghosts in, in Golems, right? But that is a... I, that's a misconception. It is less that there are lots of ghosts in them and more that... And then she goes into like a technical like, um, explanation that you can interrupt at any time. will boil down to kind of ghost-powered. So if you're a big snake huh? and you eat wax or you eat, eat a Golem, what what happens to the spirit or spirit's residue? Like, can 
animals, or I guess avatars digest that. I think this is why you should rule, because we will now find out how much she does yeah. know about this question. Is this yeah. a long-term project or yeah. something? I think I think what I'm doing is I'm working on that clock of Joan changes her mind about golems. Ah, okay. And I have zero I have zero dice in consort, but uh, it's the only one that that fits really. Uh, I think that in this case, you can get a die from her, but you won't get it for free. Mm-hmm. I think that like think what is she oh yeah no in fact i already know what it is because um she i think she's gonna notice that like who have eaten a crow and um like we mentioned when you were trying to capture it that like if she found out that you had destroyed a crow golem like that she would be very upset and i think it's Mm -hmm. possible from the way that you talk that you have actually maybe destroyed an artifact of that kind the same way as your god did enough yeah i think like that's kind of like a devil's bargain yeah it's not even a devil's bargain i think that is that's cool. already kind of happened um but you can get a die for that because that's going to materialize now cool uh is there a position in effect here uh no i think it's a fortune roll i think uh the, the bad thing has right. already happened so it's just as... yeah makes sense let's see what this die does then mm-hmm. it does it too uh Oof. i think she says this a prank Eight. Then, like, she looks back at the temple and looks back at you and says, One of them, too, aren't you? Oh, you're just making fun of me. Think that just because we can't, we don't have the ability to, like, push your god, that you can just turn up and pretend that, like, oh, I'm asking innocent questions about eating snakes and demons and whatever it is. Oh, I'm not having it. It was an honest question. She tries. And she's like, uh, how am I supposed to know what a, what a god thinks when it eats things? Shouldn't, shouldn't you ask your priest friend that? No, of course you don't. You think that everything is just a big joke, don't you? I, I bet, bet you don't even like golems. Bet you think that golems are weird and everything should be hulls instead, don't you? As you yeah. should. I think that we need to know. I think that something happened when this golem was eaten. Maybe that it might have consequences. And I think that it's good for both our temple and for you, if we know what those consequences are before they manifest. Oh, let me tell you one thing. If you really wanted to know that, you could have just... Maybe that's what you wanted to know, instead of, you know, pretending to be someone you're not, and then asking me some weird questions about whether I like golems or not, and then whether we're powered by ghosts or not. No? Uh, be a normal person. Um, the fact that she's currently not actually being very normal is, is of no consequence to her whatsoever. I think she says, the next time you want to, and I know you must have already experimented on a golem, I'm, I'm sure that you've already destroyed some priceless artifacts yourself. Well, the next time you want to do such a thing, just remember, it was someone's years of skill and countless weeks of hard work that went into making one of those and then you must have just i don't know stamped on it with your shitty little foot i bet that's what you did have a nice night and she turns around and walks away yeah uh, i don't think she's i think shama's gonna say anything i think she was a storm off a lovely mood having been ruined now oops for that i mean it was a two Mm-hmm. It really was. Hey, you want to talk? Hey, you want to talk about the time that I ate a priceless artifact that also <laughs> contained a bunch of dead people inside? What happened to the dead people? Am I am I gonna get sick? Am I gonna get 
ghost diabetes? Yeah, like I ate a bunch of ghosts. Is this, is this bad? I think what you were very lucky about that was that she thought you were talking about the fact that your god did that, not that you did that. It's like, well, we we don't have WebMD yet. It hasn't been invented yet, so we have to take. That it is true. That's true. You could uh, look up some snakeskin. <laughs> uh, maybe that could help. Yeah. Uh, no, what I'm going to do instead is, for a completely different reason, uh, ruin somebody so else's evening. Um, I want to get a message to Marion. Okay. Is that, is that viable, you actually? Like, can I send one of those kids? Marion hates you, but like the faction as a whole actually quite likes you. So getting a message to her is mm-hmm. so 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 a kid goes to her and will give her something. And in like Scotland culture in the past, with if you had like a feud between families and you want to like kind of sue for peace. You might give them one of the three parts of a dis- disassembled sword, the or I guess four blade, uh, cross guard, handle, mm-hmm. or pommel. Because if a sword is dis- disassembled, it can't be used. But uh, these are modern times, so instead the kid is just going to give her a bullet. Really normal thing for any person to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the note, or maybe the kid actually says says the message that I like passed along being something to the extent of it's true that I don't believe in your cause and you may call that betrayal or cowardice and you might even be right but it's not just me that you don't speak for it's a lot of people in Scotland and I wish you luck but I don't think that's going to matter until that changes I think it's very good about sending this via a proxy is that Marion can't like respond to you in the way that she would like without yelling at a small child. Mm-hmm. So she will like, take the bullet, glare at it, and then like look at the child and say, I want you to go back to the woman who gave me this message. I want you to say this very clearly. You ready? Here it is. Fuck you. That's the message. The message is fuck you. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, because as you say, you you went out to ruin someone's night and you absolutely did. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, that's my dad. Excellent. What was the second action? Uh... Ruining nights. Ruining nights? Now you're vice? <clears throat> no. I think this would be another long term. Uh, long-term uh, project um, called An Understanding okay. with Marion. In that case, uh, why don't you roll first? Because I think a fuck you is what you would get the one to three. You might get a better response. I hadn't... Okay, okay. Um, sway. Makes sense? Yeah. It's a three. So in that's fact... Me. So it's, it's... That's exactly <laughs> what happens. The canon is yeah. true. Uh, how big should this go? Oh, man. I think it should be eight steps because he really mm-hmm. fucking hates you in the way that someone who used to yeah. love you hates you. Um, it's a lot of work. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Because I, I was actually thinking about this. I was thinking, okay, how 
would it look like if you if you rolled a sex, right? And it would have been, I think she would have done that and then two minutes later changed her mind. Actually, in this version, we see the child mm-hmm. go away. Marion doesn't rethink that. Like, that's absolutely what Joan deserved. Oh, I don't need I don't need this like uh pity, I don't need this whatever this is, you know, like take your bullets and shots and yeah. All right, that's me done. Okay, three. Sign us out for the listener. Is that me? I was just gonna say sign us out for the listener, but I think the vibe has gone. Uh we'll just cut where Joan said that she's done. <laughs> that's me done, episode ends. And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus, with both their given names and taken. Saumitri called Tree, Zoheb called Klau, Prince, Emma, and Adyat called Soap. Intro music Jalandahar by Kevin McLeod. Outro music in Kiravani Ragam by Yusri Nivas. Blades in the Dark by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions. Iruvian Playbooks by John Stone Metzger. Follow us at Desperate Attune on Twitter or email us at desperateattune at gmail.com. Support us at ko-fi.com slash desperateattune. On the next episode, Desperate Tune. Cave diving. Well, I haven't done cave diving in a while. Uh, not since the... Back a gun. The, oh. You know, you know this, really, this reminds me of the time uh, where the, of the mine, the billions in the mines. Uh, I was very young back then. I didn't really understand what was going on. Uh, but there was some action going on. And it was it's very... It really takes me back because I remember that even then someone just say, handed me a rope and some harness and told me to pack a gun and we went down into the mines and you know it was a really good time there. Mm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I think you, you say let's go and then you turn around and find that Miras is already gone. <laughs>